Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Kyle Nelson, and this is my co-host, Eli Libby. And today we have a very special guest, Dylan Ogline from Ogline Digital. Uh, he helps companies scale and grow online um, through digital marketing, advertising, and management. Dylan, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Well, so uh, in terms of what we're going to talk about, we're going to dive into a little bit about how to value yourself, value your company, um, kind of okay. deep down into that low-end uh, pricing tier. But before that, we kind of want to dive a little bit more into your background. You have a pretty unique background, um, a background that I think a lot of our listeners can really latch onto and grab. We have a lot of kind of early-stage startup listeners, hustler kind of mentality. And I think your background really paints that picture for them. Mm-hmm. And I would, uh, we'd love to kind of just hear from kind of the beginning. Tell us a little more about you. Sure, sure. Uh, so, so for me, I am a, a high school dropout. Okay. Uh, I got my business start prior to, 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 to dropping out. <laughs> uh, my first business when I was 14 was uh, selling, uh, somebody the other day said flipping cell phones on, uh, on eBay. Uh, this was back uh, pre-iPhone, pre-smartphones, all that good stuff. And uh, in the United States, we just didn't have the good stuff. Like the best, better cell phones were in Europe. And somehow, some way, I, I found this like wholesale company that allowed me to apply for a membership or whatever. And, and I was able to get wholesale priced European cell phones, ship them to the United States and, and flip them on eBay. So that was, that was the beginning. Awesome. That's, <laughs> That's the game, cool. yeah. That was, yeah, that was the natural entrepreneurial DNA right there. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So how did it, how did it evolve from that? So that was kind of like your spark. Kyle said is kind of the the evolution of entrepreneurship for you. Where did it go from that? So, uh, (laughs) so that, that lasted maybe six months to a year. It eventually got shut down because, uh, my merchant processor shut me down because I was under the age of 18. They found out, uh, but, but this was the infancy of Google ads. I I don't even I don't even think Facebook had launched yet. This was 2003, 2004. So I know Facebook ads wasn't a thing, but uh, I had played around a little bit with like this thing called Google AdWords and started reading some of these marketing books. And I picked up on the idea that like, dude, you could buy growth now. Like this stuff is trackable. It's not you're not doing billboard ads anymore. You're just throwing money out and just hoping it comes back to you. You could literally track it down and be like, I, I spent a thousand dollars on these ads and I got $1,500 in sales or whatever. Mm-hmm. That just blew my mind. Yeah. So started reading all this marketing stuff. Uh, then my, my, my business got shut down. That led to like 12 years of pain and suffering and bouncing around from one idea to the nut to the next not really getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so exactly. it's uh yeah, it wasn't uh it wasn't until like 2016 that I finally got things to click. But that whole time I was hustling, trying to make things work, doing you know anything I could to to make ends meet. Uh during that time I did a lot of website designs, yes. graphics design, logos, mm-hmm. uh, basically any quick digital type of work I could find on Upwork yep. or mm-hmm. or back then it was Elance or Freelancer. Something mm-hmm. like that. Odesk. Yeah. I think it was Odesk also. Yeah, Odesk and Elance merged and now it's Upwork. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Yeah, we talk a lot about, um, well, through our experience, but also with other guests, we talk about those kind of pitfalls mm-hmm. and things that you have to fail with as you grow in your entrepreneurial career. These mm-hmm. different things that um, I think are kind of keystones 
to actually being able to where you, where you are today. And it sounds like you had a lot of those and now you kind of been able to spin off and create this agency that's doing really well. Mm-hmm. And now you're also teaching, right? Isn't there yes. a course kind of back behind that? Yeah. Now I have two, two businesses, which is okay. almost, you know, I'm not practicing what I preach. I tell people focus, focus, focus. But yeah. uh, so, so once I got, once I got things to click, that's mm-hmm. when I just focus on one product or one service in one business, which was digital advertising management with the, with the agency. And uh, you know, within, within a year or so you hit seven figures and I think it's been two or three years now in a row that we've uh, hit seven figures. Uh, during that time though, uh, I've had a lot of mentors, a lot of coaches, uh, used to play hockey. So a lot of coach, uh, hockey coaches that were a huge impact on my life. So I always had this desire to do some kind of coaching or mentoring, or teaching something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for years I would meet people at industry events. This is before I even had anything to show for, for my efforts. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, just the fact that I own my own business and I worked from home, they'd be like, Oh, that's the coolest thing. Like, can you tell, you know, how did you do what you do? Yeah. Uh, so I, I started doing some mentoring, even though I didn't have any financial success, I still was working at home. I had my own business and I was doing my own thing. And through multiple iterations that eventually became what is my education company now, where I teach people how to start their own digital marketing agency. Wow. That's awesome. So dive in a little bit about uh, your current agency that you have. Um, who are some of your like uh, key target kind of clients that you work with? What do you kind of specialize in? Um, and, and what kind of, you know, going into the holiday season, what's that looking like for you right now? Sure. So my particular area of expertise, you could say, is typically blue collar uh, home services companies. Oh. So niche I always talk about is plumbing and heating companies. Uh, I only have, it varies during the course of the year, but anywhere between six and seven clients, like that's it. Um, Typically it's even under that, under seven clients at a year and during the course of a year that like, that's all I have. And uh, yeah, so most of them are in the home services industry. Uh, And if I were to want to grow the agency and take it, take it another another step, maybe get to eight figures, Mm -hmm. uh, I would certainly target probably just plumbing and heating companies in the United States, maybe, um, maybe roofing contractors or something yeah. like that, but, but just home service. How did that evolve to like yeah, the very specific, like who, who you, who you know you can work with and really get some really good like traction for them in, in return? Sure. So this is actually, uh, it's actually a great question. So it's a great lesson too. One of the things I'm really big in when I'm teaching people to start their own agency is niching down. Everybody talks about niching down, but uh, with, with an agency, it's it's mission critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in my particular case, the, the plumbing and heating niche, all that was, uh, is my house I had in Pennsylvania. Uh, three years ago or something like that, I needed to get a new boiler installed. That, okay. that, that was all it was. And uh, through family, friends or something, I, I finally get this guy to come over. He puts the boiler in and I just become friends with the guy. And, you know, we ended up like, you know, we'd go and grab a burger and beer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And, you know, we'd go out for dinner or something and we'd start talking business. He didn't own his own uh, plumbing and heating company. He just like did stuff on the side. And all I found out was that plumbing and heating companies, they don't like repair jobs. They like install projects because the profit margins are higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Makes you sense. Know, it's easier, yeah. you know 
people aren't arguing with you. They're not calling you at three in the morning. It's just <laughs> easier. So all I did was I just did, I uh, just targeted plumbing and heating companies and spoke to them. So I would say, you know, I specifically help plumbing and heating companies grow and get more install projects. It's stuff like that, that makes a huge difference. I'm not just saying, Hey, I help any business grow with their online marketing or something like that. I'm specifically speaking to that clientele. I'm saying, Hey, I specifically help you. And then I'm talking about the kind of stuff that they actually want. They don't want more customers. Mm -hmm. They want more install projects. Exactly. If I were to be like, Hey, I can help you get more repair projects. They would be like, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> so stuff like that is, is what makes uh, what, what makes just a huge difference. And that's all it was is I just knew a little bit about the industry. I could talk to them about uh, like, I knew a little bit about profit margins in the industry. That was it. Uh, people, you know, you don't, people think they, they have this misconception that you need to know everything about the niche, right. just having that little bit of an advantage, um, speak, allows you to speak to the client's particular wants and needs. That's, that's powerful. Super impactful. And I think we've seen it. We see it on our end as well. So, uh, I, this is just an automatic, maybe assumption. I would think, uh, blue collared style services and businesses, um, those, those business owners might be a little bit more reluctant to try the digital mm. landscape. Like mm -hmm. you think that maybe that's not where their mind is. They think more local, maybe newspaper like magazine, type stuff. hitting their local news station up. How are you able to only have seven, six or seven a year yeah. and have a seven figure business? Like how do you get them to understand the value of you know, what digital can really do for them and then pulling those revenue dollars out or pulling their monthly retainer, however you bill them, how are you able to do that and really like speak to them and, and like really show them like, this is what we can do for you in terms of scale. Sure. I, I could go in so many different directions with that. <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> question. So it's, it's a few things. Uh, one, I believe that when you're doing client outreach, when you're trying to get new customers, mm. the, the best thing to do is to pre-qualify people so uh, there's this uh, sales term, I think it's called the buying pyramid or something like that. And it's basically what it talks about is like only like 3% of people potential. If you were to randomly ask a hundred plumbing and heating companies, uh, mm -hmm. are, are you looking for digital marketing services right now? Only like 3% of them would say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking right. for it right now. I'm, I'm thinking about Facebook ads, but I know nothing about it. So I don't, when I'm doing targeting or, or if I were to be targeting that particular niche and trying to get more customers, I'm not writing an ad or a landing page or anything trying to get all 100% of them. All I care about is that 3%. Right. So when they, when I'm, when they actually schedule a strategy call with me, they're basically already sold. Mm -hmm. They, they know that they're already looking, right. they're thinking about it. So if they, the way I way I do it is Google AdWords. So it's not AdWords anymore, but Google Ads. Uh, if they're searching for certain terms, they're coming to me. They're already looking to grow their their practice their, their their business, and uh, their lane, the landing page speaks to them. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's not just I'm not cold calling random uh, random plumbing and heating companies. So when they already come on, they are part of that three percent. So there really is no convincing yeah. or, or showing them. Uh, in this particular niche, like home services, blue collar businesses or whatnot, uh, 
I think it's it's probably easier to sell those people because they pretty much like 90% of businesses know about Facebook ads or Google ads or YouTube ads. They know about it, mm-hmm. but that that is so far out of their realm of area of expertise. <laughs> it's not like an e-commerce business. Mm-hmm. E-commerce businesses, it's going to be dip, more difficult because they're like, well, I know, I know I'm going to do this internet thing <laughs> so I can, I can manage my own ads. Of course I can, but a plumbing and heating company there, that's going to blow their world. It would be like me trying to put in my own boiler. I would have no idea what to yeah. do. But if I was, say, a, a pool builder, you know, I was building pools all the time. I'm familiar with construction. I might be willing to try it myself. Right. So it's uh, it's a little bit of all that combined, if that makes any sense. Oh, well, yeah. No, that's super interesting. That is. Yeah, I remember um, when we were uh, creating the, just when you talked a little bit about grabbing a little percentage of the market. Mm-hmm. Same thing with e-commerce. I think a lot of sellers think, and this is kind of how our thought was, is say like the, the snowshoe market. Is like, I don't know, $10 billion. And if you can just get a little sliver of a percentage of 1 billion, like think about the numbers you can get. Oh, yeah. So that was like how, how going into an e-commerce business. I think a lot of people think like that as well in the e-commerce space. And I, I think you're, you're, you hit it right on the head when, you, when, you, when you're talking about getting a percentage of the 100 plumbers that you're talking about. That was super impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most people, when they're writing ad or copy, mm-hmm. they make the mistake of thinking, I want to write this for hundred percent of everybody. Yep. Your service could be free. Yeah. Right. And there's still right. a certain percentage of the market that'll say no to that because they want the higher premium mm-hmm. option. Yep. Like you could ask a hundred, you could go a different directions. You could ask a hundred people on the street. I'm going to give you a free car. Right. There's still probably like 3% of the people and- that'll say, no, thank you. I want a Mercedes. Yeah. I want the higher end solution. I have the resources for that. So when I'm doing customer outreach, this is something else that I forgot to mention. I will write ads. I will write copy trying to get people to not click on my ad. Mm, that makes sense. Most people, they're trying to get everybody to click on it. Yeah. I want only the 3%. And if you, get, if you look into the buying pyramid, it's actually like 10%. Right. 3% is ready today. Another 3 to 7% is ready within the next three months. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, but I want just that top ten percent to click on my ads, or the top ten percent that are looking to pay for it, a premium solution yeah. and get you the strongest ROI. Yeah, because then you're wasting spend on people that you know don't have interest. Yep, that's awesome. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's, that's a that's, that's a value that we're going to take back. Absolutely. <laughs> um, before we jump off, uh, spinning off into another topic, uh, I just had a question in terms of blue collar workers and the, the industry you're working in. What is the most successful channel that you've seen with your clients? Is it Facebook? Is it Google? Where, where is it? Where are, you, where are you seeing? Yeah, YouTube. I mean, out of all, it, it, it would be it would be Google. Yep. Uh, right. Specifically, if it's if it's if it's a bigger company, mm-hmm. Facebook can be extremely successful. Cool. Google is just easier. Like local wise, like yeah, like local geo approach, geo. Like, like yeah. I yeah, because when you're when you're talking. How can I answer this best? If the company is looking to to continue to grow to other regions, mm-hmm. they, they're say in the Pittsburgh area and they want to start growing to Cleveland and Philly, yeah. and they want to start growing their network, Facebook is probably probably best. If you're just I want to stay in Orlando and, and saturate that market, Google is probably best. 
It makes sense. I'm just trying to think if we had a, a recent project where we needed to install a light, a lighting fixture for a, for a video production. And I would mm-hmm. just kind of go through my process of how I looked. I did do a local search on Google, but I actually went more back to like the word of mouth. I went into mm-hmm. a, a local Facebook group here in Oregon and I asked like, what, who, anybody have any like good electricians that they can, uh, they can refer us to? simply because of a trust factor, some credibility, maybe mm-hmm. some word of mouth. That's how I found our electrician, but I did do the first search in Google, but then I actually used people's backing and their word to, to help us make right. the decision. So, yeah. Yeah, for, for those types of businesses, reviews are massive. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So you definitely want to, I, I, we don't particularly help with this, but we'll provide mm-hmm. kind of consulting yeah. <laughs> and yeah. kind of give them advice on how to, Receive more reviews. Encur- yeah, we receive more reviews, encourage their clients and customers to to provide more reviews because if somebody searches electrician, yep. uh, most of the time you're going to go with the highest reviewed. 100%. Exactly. exactly. So yep. That stuff is huge. Totally. Um, so so uh, let's, let's kind of go from your digital agency to your training mm-hmm. programs. Let's talk a little bit sure. about that. So are you, um, you're helping people like, uh, how to begin an agency, right? How to start yes. an agency. Now, are these people that you are helping that they're just like, I know I want to get out of the nine to five and I know an agency sounds right. I'm going to give it a try. I know nothing about it. Are these people that kind of understand a little bit and you're just kind of grooming them to really help like launch them and, and get them moving? And, and what's the process like? Do you help them get started and then you help them on their journey? Or is it just kind of like this business in a box? This is what you need to do. Is it one-on-one consulting? How's, how does sure. that go down? That was a lot of questions. In I know, I know. I, I kept, my brain kept going. Sorry about that. But. No worries. So uh, I don't want to answer that. So at first I would say the goal of the program when I built this newest version was I want to be able to take anybody up, a soccer mom, a new college, somebody who just got out of college who knows nothing about mm-hmm starting their own business, knows nothing about uh, the digital agency space, knows nothing about marketing. I wanted to be able to take that person, teach them everything they need to know within within six weeks so that they can start and start growing their uh, agency and get to that six-figure level. Uh, students that I've had so far, probably it's a, say 75% are they want to get out of that nine to five. They knew nothing about digital marketing. They knew nothing about an agency. They're just convinced that I want to start my own business that, you know, they saw my ad on Facebook or something like that. And they're like, this, this is the route I want to go. And uh, the other 25% are people that I would say probably have some experience in, in marketing or whatnot. Most of maybe only a 5% actually have their own agency and they're just looking to grow. Uh, but there's some people who they've been doing contractor type of work and uh, mm. like hourly work, building websites, building logos, maybe managing somebody's Facebook ads, you know, getting paid by the hour. Yeah. <laughs> and they want to actually start start their own serious agency and, and grow an actual business. Cool. Uh, what was the other question? <laughs> so many, man. Um. I think uh, it's just kind of like, do you help launch and then do you like help them with the journey or like, are you always kind of like holding their hand through the way to make sure they're going the right paths? Cause you've done it before yeah. and you know, like how to guide someone. Sure. So, uh, the business in a box I, that, that you mentioned, I kind of like that, that description, uh, it is a step-by-step process for people to go through, but there is also kind of, it's not a one-on-one element, but I do group calls. I do a weekly group call. So, 
you know, they can go through all the content by themselves, take action steps, but if they run into roadblocks, if they have questions or whatever, they can jump on those, those weekly group calls and actually, you know, so over Zoom, actually have a conversation with me. And uh, most of the times that's just sales issues. Sure. Uh, a lot of people are just nervous about jumping on a call with somebody and trying to sell right. them. Uh, cool. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, it's, but it's not one-on-one. It's, it's that group element. Cool. Let's talk a little bit about pricing and, and kind sure. of eating the potatoes of this podcast, which is um, value. And you mentioned earlier uh, before the podcast, and you just mentioned it there, it's talking about uh, hourly pricing. How is that changing in the world of uh, service providers? And, and how do you view kind of hourly pricing versus thinking about more of the ROI side? Sure. So when it comes to, if you are doing contractor type of work, mm-hmm. uh, you're, it's probably going to be difficult to move yep. to more of a value-based pricing model. You're, you're just stuck in that mm-hmm. hourly-based, um, I'm managing your Facebook ads for $20 an hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm building yep. websites for $50 an hour. But when it comes to starting your, at your own agency or your own business, uh, the value-based model is certainly better to go with. And when you're doing business to business, it is very easy to calculate. It's just based on ROI. So uh, an example, I think we were talking about pre-show was, uh, you know, say somebody comes in, they're doing websites because websites are just a clean, you know, you're building a product that people Mm -hmm. can actually see. A contractor looks at that and says, okay, well, I, I took me 50 hours to build this website. I charge about $50 an hour. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to charge the client $2,500. I look at that and I say, what, what is the value to that client? So if that client is able, you're building that website for them and they're able to, uh, so they're a plumbing and heating company and they're able to get three extra leads a month that generate them $2,000 in profit each, they're making an extra, what is that? $72,000 a year. Yep. from that website. And I'm, I'm just throwing out numbers as an example here. That, that client doesn't, wouldn't care if that website costs $10,000. Right. Yep. And if you can show them that value, $10,000, $20,000, the price almost doesn't matter. And the, the key to that is, is basically understanding what, where the client is now, point A, where they are now, and point B, which is where they want to be. And truly understanding that. And if you can define point B, where the client wants to be better than they can, they will just automatically assume that you have the solution. Right. Uh, another direction is, is obviously on a digital agency. Mm-hmm. If I'm managing, say, if our company is managing $50,000 in ad spend for a client a month mm-hmm. and they generate $250,000 in sales off of that. And they're making an extra $150,000 in profit off of it. They don't care right. if it took us 500 hours to do that work and manage the ads or one hour of work. You're making the money. At the end of the day. They're making them yeah. exactly. They don't, they don't care. So if it takes us you know, one hour and we send them an invoice, uh, we charge 10% of their ad spend. So if they spend 50, we're going to send them an invoice for $5,000. They, they don't care. They don't want an hourly breakdown of that because it's a very clear ROI. Love so, it. And yeah, I think that's, that's so strong and powerful that yeah, on helping people 
pricing? Because I know like with digital agencies, like the hardest thing for people to do is understand how to price it. People mm-hmm. are nervous. They're afraid mm-hmm. to like really go in and like pitch the price that they know they're worth, but they don't end up doing it because they just want to win yep. the client. They just want to make more money. So they'll yep. underbid themselves big time. Exactly. Um, but when you put it into the perspective of what, it doesn't matter if it's one hour or 500 hours, mm-hmm. as long as you're giving them an awesome ROI. Yes. That's yes. key. That's strong. Absolutely. Absolutely. We always what say. You, go oh, ahead. no, go, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to focus on something Kyle said about, uh, uh, that, that you then lower the price. Right. That can cause two major problems. The first is that you end up hiding behind low prices. Right. Not what you're uh, let's use the website example. Yep. You know, because it's, it's it's clear you're building a product for somebody. Yep. If you're if you're charging, you'd say twenty five hundred dollars for that website, and and it's taking you a lot of time, mm-hmm. your quality is going to naturally decrease. <clears throat> right. Because you, exactly. you as the as the as the business owner, as the contractor, the person building it, you're going to start to be like, well, I mean, I'm I'm barely getting paid anything, and subconsciously you're like, hmm. the client paid a cheap price, like this is kind of what they should expect, right? So what happens is is you end up standing behind low prices. You're hiding behind your low price. A perfect example I like to use with this is cars. Hmm. Chevy charges it's like you can go get like a brand new chevy cruise for like fifteen thousand dollars yep it's probably even cheaper now and it's it's going to get you from point a to point b but a lot of people have problems with those vehicles because they're cheap right but you know if you start to complain everybody's like you you paid 15 grand for a brand new car like yeah what did you expect (laughs) like at the end of the day what did you expect and you know uh, GM, you know, Chevy, they're going to stand behind their product, certainly. But, you know, there's this just this subconscious thing that we're all like, you're they're standing behind the low price being like, what did you expect? Mercedes, if they sell a hundred and eighty thousand dollar vehicle, everybody knows that that's paying a lot of money for that vehicle. So they're going to do their best to deliver an absolutely perfect product. And instead of standing behind low prices, they're standing beside high premium prices. And it's just uh, the clients end up happier. You know, most people who are buying $180,000 Mercedes probably end up happy. The product ends up being incredible. You end up with more money. You're not ending up with all these consumer complaints. Right. Uh, It's simply uh, a better place to be. Absolutely. Second thing, and this is is absolutely Mm -hmm. critical especially for those that are starting out mm-hmm. when you start lowering your prices, you can end up in what a situation, what I call being price trapped. Yep. So especially like uh, building websites or doing agency type of work. Uh, one of the most common questions that people get is, you know, can I have a referral or, or can I talk to somebody, a previous client or who else have you worked with mm-hmm. case studies, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if that person, you know, say you built that website for $2,500 and now you're charging two, you know, two times that you're charging 5,000 or four times that 10,000. If that new client reaches out to that old client, the very first question that they're going to ask is how much did you pay? Right. Mm. Huge. So now they're going into it with uh, a certain price point mm-hmm. in mind and you're charging way more for the same product. Right. So uh, you don't, you know, it's like if McDonald's all of a sudden tomorrow started charging $20 for a steak. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, McDonald's totally doesn't charge that much. They charge yep. five dollars for a meal. What's it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Very similar. Trap, I think is real for so many people. So started. many people. Because oh you're gosh, just trying to sweep up a first few clients to get the revenue going, mm-hmm. maybe get some referrals. Yep. And that's what we would say about Amazon. Again, I keep bringing it back to e-commerce, but Amazon really on the first page is really just a race to the bottom in terms of price. You want to be yeah, on yeah. the first page, you're going to be the lowest price competitor. Yeah, 100%. Low, I mean, that's what you're it is. Probably not going to make any money. And your no. product is probably crap. So we, we say <laughs> yeah. that um, quality is the best business model. And in order to have a quality product, that allows you to stand at your price and not really back down. Yeah, there'll be these exceptions for maybe some cash flow issues, but as long as you're producing a quality product, there should be no reason to back down on that price. Yeah, hundred percent. We started Results Imagery. We yep. were somewhere between the low price leader to yep. the medium, um, and now we're just we're flipped. We're yep. like trying to have less clients so we can focus more on you know higher quality client. Yep. Everyone's a high quality client, exactly like that, but higher paying clients so um, they can get the time that they deserve. Back um, to your point, exactly. Back to your point, Dylan. Like you saying, you preach is focus, and if you can if you can have less customers that are paying more, you can focus more. So, hundred percent. I love it. There's no doubt about it. So Dylan, we're going to wrap this uh, podcast up. Where can everybody find you at? Uh, really simple. My website's dylanogline.com, uh, O-G-L-I-N-E. Perfect, Dylan. Well, we appreciate your time, man. That was an yeah. awesome conversation. It's really cool to kind of speak with other millennials kind of mm-hmm. in the same space and seeing so much success. It, it's really cool because it speaks to us and it speaks to our, to Absolutely. our, to our listeners. So. Some true value bombs today. It was cool, So we man. appreciate everything. I know. I think there's a ton of takeaways that we're going to take, which is absolutely (laughs) having conversations on our podcast. I'll send you guys an invoice after the show (laughs) and the uh, The hourly uh, invoice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Dylan, man. Well, thanks, man. We appreciate it. Um, If you have any, please subscribe to the biz bros podcast and uh, check out our Instagram at at biz.bros and we'll see you in the next episode. See you guys.